0: it is thursday january 6th here in draft shark studios in rochester new york welcome to the final preview podcast of the season i'm your host matt shop with me as always is jared smola And, Jared, of course, the reason that most fantasy football leagues are done before this week is because we've got the playoffs on the doorstep. We've got the very end of the season for teams that aren't in the playoffs or, you know, have their own reasons for not playing to win this week. But we have questions. Like, we have teams that we don't know what they're going to do this weekend, whether starters are going to be on the field or not.
1: Yeah, as of now, this seems cleaner than a lot of other, you know, Week 17's in the past, now week 18. The first ever week 18, by the way. So, you know, it will be a good trivia question. You know, who, who scored the first ever week 18 touchdown in the NFL? Yeah, it, it, it seems cleaner as of now, but I, I do expect there to be some surprises. I think there'll be some, you know, kind of surprise healthy scratches on Sunday morning. So, you know, definitely be around on Sunday morning if you're still in a season-long league or if you're, you know, playing DFS this week. I would say
0: Darrell Williams is probably the current best bet to score that first touchdown of week 18, huh? Love it. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, we do have – it's it's fairly clean for a week 18, week 17 back in my day. Um, but there are some scenarios that have teams likely to sit starters. One team at least has told us that they're going to do that already. And we'll start there with the Bengals who face the Browns. The Bengals could still actually get the number one seed if the Chiefs lose this week and the Titans lose. The Titans play at the same time as Cincinnati. Chiefs play on Saturday clearly the Bengals don't expect those things to happen. I'll be curious to see if they change their plan, if the Chiefs lose to the Broncos yep. on Saturday, you know, which wouldn't be crazy, the Chiefs losing at Denver. Denver's been okay at times this season. But to this point, Joe Burrow has told us he's not going to play this weekend, and we would have to assume that other starters will be down with them. most notably Joe Mixon, who's currently on the COVID list. I would imagine Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, probably Tyler Boyd as well.
1: Yeah, that's my lead now, so I would not plan on playing any of those guys. Uh, the Browns were up to six-point favorites in that game. They opened as one-point favorites. Even that line, I think, was you know baking in the chance that the Bengals were going to rest starters. So, I, you know, the, the Vegas line is
0: expecting, obviously, Burrow not to play. And, yeah, like you said, I wouldn't expect the wide receivers to play much, if at all. And really, I mean, if you're planning to rest your starters for any point, then you're clearly not – caring about winning the game. So I don't know why all these teams don't just let us know. Cause you don't have to keep a competitive advantage if you're not planning on winning <laughs> this weekend. So right. just help out the people who actually make your thing a professional sport. So Brandon <laughs> Allen, who, who are the receivers? Who's going to be in the backfield for the Spangles team? <laughs> well, it's Samaje matchy and,
1: and Chris Evans. Um, and I don't know, we have P Ryan projected to lead in, you know, carries and, and even targets. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Evans mixes in more than he has been, you know, just a rookie that maybe Cincinnati wants to get a look at. And then the wide receiver core is going to be uh, a couple guys. I liked coming out of college, Mike Thomas, you know, the other Michael Thomas um, and then Stanley Morgan out of, out of Nebraska. And then it's going to be Trent Taylor in the slot. But I mean, you know, with, 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 I, 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 people try to get cute with guys like that. I, I think it's just a total avoid. I mean, especially, you know, with Brandon Allen, at quarterback, we don't know exactly how snaps and targets going to be divvied among those wide receivers. I so, um, maybe in DFS tournaments, I'm sure they're all min price. You take a shot,
0: but you know, in season long, I wouldn't be messing with that situation. Yeah, I agree with that. And if you are playing the Saturday slate, I mean, there's only two games available, so you might as well take a shot on some Mike Thomas or Trent Taylor. I don't know enough about Stanley Morgan to say where I would put him, but you gotta like a, a slot receiver with Brandon Allen at quarterback, which would be Trent Taylor in this yep. case. I Chris Evans is a good example, too, of, you know, one of the questions that we have for any team heading into the weekend is who exactly do coaches want to take a look at? I mean, this time mm-hmm. last year, Doug Peterson told us that he wanted to take a look at Nate Sudfeld in the second half of a game that Washington needed for the playoffs and Philly did not need because it was already out of the playoffs. So, you know, whether it's BS or not, there are going to be players that coaches want to get a look at this week.
1: And Pierre, I mean, I hate to say, it, but he's a big enough part of that offense you know he's been playing on a lot of the third downs and obvious passing situations that it might be a guy Cincinnati doesn't want to you know run out there for for 20 touches in this game so again I wouldn't be surprised if Evans um, plays quite a bit
0: on Sunday on to the Packers now who are the only playoff team with absolutely nothing to play for they've got the number one seed locked up but they haven't told us yet what they're going to do with their starters I mean, Vegas certainly seems to be hedging. It opened as Packers by 11, which is the range would it, it would be in if we had full Packers versus Detroit. It's down to Packers by three and a half or four. Um, so I'm sure we don't get a full game of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, yeah. or Aaron Jones here. I would bet that Aaron Jones doesn't play at all because he's still got that knee injury that he's been playing through. Still mm-hmm. limited in practice this week. So I would think that they rest him completely. The other guys, I, I mean... I, I assume we don't see them for much, but the game that gives me pause if I have to make a decision on Aaron Rodgers in particular is last year's Buffalo game where the Bills had everything locked up. They played their starters for a half against Miami and Josh Allen threw for 224 yards and three touchdowns before. The game. <laughs> Even then, like if you're assuming Rodgers is going to
1: play a half, like I think you could find someone that's probably going to outscore him in a full game. Um, Matt Lafleur said yesterday that, you know, he's, he's kind of studied, other teams in this situation that have, you know, clinched a first round by and what they've done in the season finale. And he said it was quote overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly in favor of getting guys at least some time. Um, So I, 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 originally I did not expect Aaron Rodgers and Devonta Adams to play at all. Now I expect them to be active, to play like, two to three series i kind of like what we see early in the preseason just get them some reps don't have them sitting for you know two weeks in a row because again packers are not going to be playing next week so just get them some reps um to me that that just makes you know someone like patrick taylor who we've talked about tougher to like because you know if you were getting a full game of patrick taylor he might be interesting but if you're only now getting even like three quarters of patrick taylor you know he,
0: he becomes less interesting yeah patrick taylor would be an avoid for me especially because i don't know how important they think aj dylan is i mean they clearly he's a a big piece of the offense at this point but we all know the running backs don't matter that much and Mm -hmm. I don't know whether Green Bay will just run AJ Dillon plenty in this game whether they'll rest him and give it to some guy that they barely know at this point which is Patrick Taylor I don't know so AJ Dillon you know barring some clear word from for ahead of this game and you know clear word could be uh, an Ian Rappaport report on Sunday morning, or, you know, one of those other national guys barring that I- I'd probably go ahead and have AJ Dillon in the bottom of RB two range, because I would rather guess wrong and only get, you know, two series of AJ Dillon than guess wrong the other way and miss out on anything close to a full game of AJ Dillon against the lions. Yeah. I guess
1: I'm the opposite where I I'll, I'll need to hear on Sunday morning that, you know, Green Bay is going to feature AJ Dillon and give him the full workload in this game. If I'm going to use him, depending on other options, of course, um, you know, Dillon against the lions, if he gets eight carries, you know, he could go for 50 yards and a couple touchdowns that's possible, but um, you know, we'll see as of now, I would, you know, I would plan on, I,
0: I would not want to use AJ Dillon again, unless we hear that he's going to get a big workload. Yeah. I mean, I think if we knew that he was going to be the feature back against Detroit, he'd be like oh, yeah. RB 10 or 11. So if I I'm hedging by putting him at about 24th, in our current rankings for PPR. I would play him over guys like Tony Pollard, uh, James Conner, probably. We'll see how that situation plays out as we get closer to Sunday. But, you know, I'm not playing A.J. Dillon over somebody else who's a feature back. I think probably the closest would be A.J. Dillon versus Saquon Barkley.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, Melvin Gordon. I think Tony Pollard's a good one where, you know, maybe you can consider because those guys aren't getting, you know, 20 touches anyways. Um, But I don't know. I, it would suck to have a 20 carry AJ Dillon on your bench, but like it would suck more to me to have a two carry AJ Dillon in my lineup.
0: (laughs) I, it definitely depends on who your other options are. If you have another attractive option, I would go ahead and go to that attractive option. We'll see what they tell us uh, heading into that game. Alan Lazard MVS. I mean, we'll see. I I think that those guys aren't good enough bets in general to be worth taking a gamble on in this case. And Randall Cobb returned to practice last week. I'd be surprised if he plays any significant role in this week, though.
1: Yeah, and Green Bay's inactives on Sunday morning will kind of give us hints of what to expect here um you know there's only so many wide receivers on the roster so like guys like mbs and lazard probably will play at least some um, they have Juwan winfrey they have equanimous st brown it's going to be equanimous st brown versus Amon am st brown in this game that'll that'll be fun you could you know stack the st browns in dfs but um you know like the Bengals situation just too much unknown here and really not enough upside with any of these guys even against the lions um, that I'd, I'd be messing with it again outside of dfs tournaments especially
0: with Jordan Love likely to be their quarterback for at least half of the game. So, yeah, we'll see where this goes. The Eagles, we'll see where they go. They can only – Improved from 7th seed to 6th seed. They're in the playoffs. They can't get any higher than 6th. So we don't know for sure yet what they're going to do. But Nick Sirianni says they're talking about who to play. To me, that says expect Jalen Hurts to not play in this game. Not that far removed from his ankle sprain. Was limited in practice Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Last week, he went limited full-full ahead of playing that game against Washington. So the fact that he's already limited... For two days, tells me that the Eagles are planning to not play him in this game and give a little bit more practice time to Gardner Minshew ahead of another start for him.
1: Yeah, and the the Eagles are kind of the COVID breakout team of the week here too. Um, Dallas Goddard on the COVID list, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard on the COVID list. Miles Sanders not going to play in this game with his hand injury. Um, center Jason Kelsey on the COVID list too, which you know that that could push them to you not know, play someone like Jalen Hurts if the prote- pass protection. Isn't going to be as good. Um, so I don't know, kind of Gainwell is the guy I'd be looking at here, even if it is
0: Eagles backups.
1: But if you know Sanders, Scott, and Howard are out, I think Gainwell would be in for for a big workload. So he he'd be someone to
0: consider. And those guys did land on the list Monday, at least most of them. So there's time for Jordan Howard and Boston Scott to get back. I would think that if they're fine health wise, that they'll they'll play in that game because i don't know jordan howard's got the injury that he brought into last week's game boston scott has been pretty healthy so i I don't think either of those is a player that you're scared to lose um and they've showed us that they don't want to give kenneth gainwell a bunch of carries so i would think that we'll get those guys in the game if they're healthy enough to go we'll see where where it goes heading into sunday dallas goddard it would surprise me if he plays much if at all in this game Yeah, it's the
1: thing. I mean, you're going to have – even if they're cleared by Sunday, these guys are going to have not practiced um, at all. So I don't know if that, you know, increases increases injury risk or, you know, what kind of shape they're in coming off COVID in a game. Like you said, that doesn't mean – a lot um i, I wouldn't i got it, i would not expect to play and then yeah the running backs might mix in if, if scott and howard end up active it, that would be a tough backfield to try to decipher and you know count on in fantasy lineups
0: and the line on this one from vegas has doubled in dallas's favor since opening at three and a half now up to seven in nearly all places so that, that says that vegas isn't all that confident in the eagles trying to be competitive in this one it also yeah. says that they believe in dallas playing their players and the cowboys don't have a whole lot to play for in terms of playoff seating. You know, if things go the way they're expected this weekend, Jerry Jones indicated early in the week though, that he expects starters to play in this game. And we saw a couple years ago, three years ago, the end of the 2018 season in week 17, the Cowboys had everything locked up at that point, And they went ahead and played mm-hmm. starters the whole way against the giants. I think Zeke Elliott might've sat out that game if I remember correctly, but Dak threw for 387, four touchdowns. He had the wide receivers with him the whole time. So I think we should expect a full game from Cowboys players in this one.
1: Yeah, that's the expectation. This is the one that worries me a bit that, you know, they might pull those guys at halftime or even into the third quarter. Mike McCarthy, you know, said too, um, yesterday that you know he's planning on, on playing his guys so I'm definitely expecting them to start they did just lose Tyron Smith to the COVID list so you know their left tackle I don't know if that's going to impact the decision with someone like Dak uh, so we'll keep tabs on it as of, as of now we have the Cowboys projected to,
0: to play their guys for the full game yeah and we'll certainly update all that in the shark bites section uh, that's going to be it for teams with you know I guess in the playoffs with nothing necessarily to play for
1: yeah.
0: I don't the one final situation to talk about I think the Colts if they lose their game, then we get Chargers and Raiders potentially tying to both make the playoffs. I don't know, honestly, Jared, whether I hope that the Colts win so that we don't have to address that situation or whether I hope they lose just to see what the Chargers and Raiders do, since I don't have any, you know, skin in the Chargers Raiders game at this point anyway.
1: Brandon Staley is like new age enough where I could see him like trying to like just tie that game. I don't think they're the Raiders coaching staff would be up for that. I, I can't, I can't see an NFL game going that way. So that I would, I would not be worried about that. The Colt, the Colts aren't going to lose
0: to the the drags anyways, a famous uh-huh. last words, but <laughs> Yeah, careful. The number one seed right now in the AFC, the Titans already lost ones to Houston this year. So anything, any given Sunday, Jared, that's what they say. Yeah, I would be I would be really surprised if two NFL teams could agree to tie to make the playoffs. You know, even if it's the sensible move, because both right. teams are guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. It's one of those things where like manhood takes over and you're like, no, <laughs> we're going to we're if we deserve to be in the playoffs, we're going to get ourselves there. Yeah, for sure. We talked about a few COVID situations. There are a few more to deal with, and it got worse right before the show. Deontay Johnson is probably the biggest one for fantasy, landing on that list earlier today. And I got to be honest, Jared, I feel like I might have jinxed this one. I actually had typed out a tweet that said, people think Deontay Johnson's drops are behind him, but he hasn't caught COVID yet. And I decided (laughs) not to send it because I was like, it's not that funny. I'm not going to send it out there. And then like 20 minutes later, I chose him in a battle Royale draft on underdog. And then like less than 10 minutes after that came the report that he's on the COVID list. So I feel completely responsible for Deontay Johnson now missing week 18.
1: I'd love to see all the, the tweets you type out and then decide are not funny enough to hit send on. I'm sure that'd be a good list. Um, yeah. I mean, big, 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 big loss here, obviously. I mean, down to Johnson seeing double digit targets every game, you know, he's over 25% of, of the Steelers total targets. So Chase Claypool, I think is the big winner there, um, especially in this matchup against the Ravens, you know, it's a pass defense we've been attacking there. It's tough to feel super comfortable with it just because, you know, if you, if you watch that Steelers game on Monday and how, anemic that passing game was um that that's kind of the downside here but i you know i still think claypool is an awesome talent if he's going to get you know eight to ten targets in this game you know he's someone i'd be probably looking to get in season-long lineups if you're still playing and definitely someone uh, worth considering in
0: dfs Yeah, especially in this matchup with Baltimore. I think Chase Claypool, James Washington, even Ray Ray McLeod in the slot are all potentially usable at varying levels. You know, it it really depends on how deep your league is, what kind of DFS format you're playing, and obviously what the salary is on all of them. But Washington and McLeod, I haven't checked yet, but I'm going to guess they're they're coming in at very affordable salaries who could really uh, help your lineup, you know, by giving you a high upside guy at low cost.
1: Yeah, especially because Claypool is probably going to be chalky now in DFS. So, yeah, maybe pivoting to one of those other guys is interesting in tournaments. I think Pat Fryermuth gets a bump, too, without Deontay Johnson. You know, Deontay Johnson does work a lot of that short stuff. It's an area where Fryermuth can kind of kind
0: of step in and help fill that void. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about him again toward the end of this show. We already mentioned the Eagles' COVID issues. We mentioned Joe Mixon's on the COVID list for the Bengals. Bengals also has some other guys, too. Center Trey Hopkins is on the COVID list right now. Left guard, Quentin Spain and on defense, safety, Von Bell, D.N., Trey Hendrickson, and Line and B.J. Hill are all on the COVID list right now. So, you know, lots of guys to watch just from a team perspective for the Bengals. And, of course, if you play IDP. And then also on the IDP front, Micah Parsons went on the COVID list Wednesday. So he's probably going to be out for that Saturday night game against the Eagles. So that's a big loss for any full season IDPers still going. On to the non-COVID injury stuff. And there might be no more interesting injury situation than the 49ers quarterback spot. So no Jimmy Garoppolo last week. We finally got Trey Lance as starter and he delivered a good game for fantasy lineups. Jimmy Garoppolo returned to limited practice Wednesday with that right thumb injury. Kyle Shanahan said this morning, Thursday morning that he would put Jimmy in for what he feels comfortable with in terms of practice snaps like practice reps. And then he said, Trey will get the rest. I'm sure Trey will get the majority. The fact that they're giving Jimmy Garoppolo any this week tells me that there's a chance he plays that they kind of hope he plays and we're going to have to watch and see what happens leading up to Sunday.
1: Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance. Uh, it was kind of mixed messages on Wednesday. Like you said, Garoppolo was limited in practice. He said beforehand that he was still sore, that that, that the thumb was still sore after throwing on Tuesday. He said it was still painful to throw with that thumb injury, but then uh, Eric Branch of the San Francisco Chronicle, after you know he watched the start of practice, said Garoppolo was throwing a good velocity, and after watching practice, he he said he's now leaning towards Garoppolo starting this game against the Rams. So it seems you know like fifty-fifty at this point. And I do think you know how Garoppolo progresses over the next couple of days will probably you know decide, and it, it might truly end up as a game time decision. And I mean, if you
0: don't think that Garoppolo is going to be able to play this week, or if you don't think he's your best option, even if he physically could play in the game, I would think that you'd be giving all of your practice reps to the rookie quarterback who you're hoping will lead you into the playoffs this weekend.
1: That would make sense to me.
0: (laughs) So we'll see. It seems like the Niners want Jimmy Garoppolo to be the guy, and we'll have to watch if you're planning to use Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. Elsewhere among the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell, no practice Wednesday You want to believe that he's going to be good to go after a heavy workload last week, but no practice Wednesday is definitely worth paying attention to week 13 and week nine are the two times this year that Elijah Mitchell has started the week not practicing and then played in that game. There are several others where he started the week not practicing and wound up not playing. He returned for Thursday's practice in each of those two weeks. So I don't know yet what his participation level is for Thursday, but that's going to be key to watch. We can't just assume because he had 21 carries last week, he's good to go.
1: Yeah, as of now, I'm still assuming he's going to play that you know Wednesday was just a rest day after handling 21 carries and having dealt with knee soreness for the month before that. Yeah, if he misses again on Thursday, it'll be time to worry. And obviously, Jeff Wilson is the guy to to own and, and probably start if Elijah Mitchell's out this weekend.
0: And it would certainly not be the first time this year that we thought going into the week, Elijah Mitchell would be yes. fine for us. And then he disappeared from consideration. Clyde Edwards, E. Lair, speaking of disappearing, what's the latest on him?
1: He's still out. Missed practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. Today, Thursday is the Chiefs final practice ahead of that Saturday game. So at this point, it does not look like C.E.H. is going to play. And Darrell Williams has you know, basically been a borderline RB1 whenever edwards Laird is out. So I to, you know, expect that to continue on Saturday.
0: Yeah, baby. Daryl Williams for that first touchdown ever of Week 18 bet. Ronald Jones, another running back we're watching. No practice for him Wednesday on the ankle. It would be really tough for me to play Ronald Jones at anything less than full strength this weekend.
1: Yeah, it was reportedly still in a walking boot on Wednesday. So I am not expecting Jones to play. Actually, removed him from our rankings yesterday. Keyshawn Vaughn was a full go on Wednesday's practice after leaving last week's game with a rib injury. So it's going to be a you know Keyshawn Vaughn and Le'Veon Bell backfield. For the Bucks, I'd expect Vaughn to lead in carries Bell probably to lead in you know pass routes and targets um so you know neither is a, an awesome fantasy play but you know I think I think Vaughn's the guy I would lean to
0: uh, as, as like an RB3 with some upside in that offense thank goodness Mike Evans came back and that Rob Gronkowski is around otherwise Tom Brady yeah. would be like what the hell how did I get back to the Patriots from two years ago <laughs> yeah Exactly. Damian Harris, speaking of the Patriots of this year, is dealing with the hamstring issue. He got pulled early in last week's game, but probably just because they could. I mean, they dominated that game. They didn't need him to play throughout. And afterward, Damian Harris said, I'm good. So the fact that he's limited Wednesday doesn't worry me at all about him.
1: And he was limited in practice all last week, too, before playing. So I'd expect him to get you know three limited practices this week and probably still be listed as questionable because the Patriots list 25 guys is questionable every week anyways. Um, so I do think Harris will play. I do think there's still some added risk because the hamstring obviously isn't back to 100%. I think Ramondre Stevenson is you know about just as good a fantasy bat, if not a better fantasy bat, just because he's a bit safer, I think. But yeah, I, I think both those guys are in play, and we, we kind of know what the, the Pats are going to do on offense, and it revolves around that running game.
0: Yeah, I'd still play Harris ahead of Stevenson, but I agree that they're both good options this week, and certainly the way that Miami played last week has me expecting New England to do whatever it wants yeah. in this game. Yep. Elsewhere in that division, the Jets, you know, we're still waiting to see whether they get Elijah Moore back. He's got a quad injury, not yet activated from IR. Have you heard anything beyond that on him?
1: No, but the, the, to me, the fact that he was not designated to return on Wednesday I don't see you know why they put their rookie back out there in week 18
0: when he doesn't get a full week of practice in so I, I wouldn't expect more to play on Sunday yeah and then on the other side of that one Emmanuel Sanders no practice for him on Wednesday so if he's out certainly Gabe Davis looks like a solid to good option again
1: yeah definitely you know, Davis a bit disappointing last week but everything on that Bill's passing game disappointed last week so I'd definitely go back to Davis against the Jets on Sunday I would say shockingly
0: bad given the matchup against Atlanta. I mean, I know that it was cold and a little bit snowy, but that's yeah. certainly not an explanation for as bad as Josh Allen was in that game. I was
1: going to say for a big arm, for a big armed quarterback from Wyoming, Allen has not been good in, in bad weather in his, you know, brief NFL career so far, which is something he's going to have to work on playing in Buffalo.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Darren Waller his still has his knee issue. He was limited Wednesday though, of course was on the COVID list last week. So we'll see whether he's able to play this week.
1: Yeah, they, the Raiders reportedly expect him back, and you know, it, like it is a must-win game for them. Win, and they're in the playoffs. Um, good matchup against the Chargers. Uh, La twenty eighth and adjusted points allowed. To tight end so obviously risk in a guy who you know hasn't played in you know over a month now but I think in a lot of cases for a season long you know if you've been waiting on Waller he's he's probably your best option this week
0: and then if the Colts do lose they probably won't have Darren Waller (laughs) handle the kneel downs with his knee issue Kyle Pitts the last guy in the injury section got a hamstring injury coming away from last week's game he did go back into that game after hurting it but no practice Wednesday it would be a no for me on Kyle Pitts this week
1: well you've been saying that all season, so it's kind of just, just more of the same. Um
0: now I have it, now I have he like, needs an extra reason for it.
1: Yeah, now I, I mean I I don't think Atlanta's gonna put him back out there with a bum hamstring. He does he does need fifty nine yards to break Mike Dicka's record for receiving yards by a rookie tight end. Um, so I'm sure he wants to get out there, but I don't think Atlanta's gonna gonna play him.
0: That's why the football gods kicked him in the hamstring. They're like, Coach Dick is gonna keep his record no matter what we have to do. How good was that season by Dicka? It was I think I believe it was 14
1: games, even, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's easy to forget how good a player he was because he was so mm-hmm. it was such a, like an iconic figure as a coach. You, you a can't various. even say, I, I don't know, he he was very good as a coach. You can't say he was an amazing coach if you look at the full scope, but he was definitely a, an iconic figure.
1: Yeah, I can't say I uh, have any recollection of, of Dick as a player or a coach. You uh, know, I mean, it's more of the SNL skits for me. But yeah, I mean, I, from what I hear, he was a good coach.
0: Yeah. You can at least remember him uh, standing next to Ricky Williams in a wedding dress, right? Yes. (laughs) There you go. So we'll move on to guys who are actually playing today instead of in the 50s. And we'll start at quarterback. (laughs) Not going to go game by game like we usually do on the weekly preview pod. But we are going to go position by position. And quarterback, I'm going to start with Taysom Hill because he's very high in the quarterback rankings on DraftSharks.com this week. Jared, he's ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford fourth. In our QB rankings for Week 18, does he really belong ahead of those big names?
1: I'm I'm waffling, which, which I mean, and it, it's not nothing against Taysom Hill. I think he's a great play this week. Um, You know, quarterback 13 finish last week. Uh, he's been at, you know a top 13 quarterback in three of his four starts. This season. And he gets Atlanta, who he played twice last season. He finished quarterback three and quarterback seven in, in those games. And you know, Atlanta's defense is not any better now than it was then. The the reason I, I might bump Mahomes, especially over Taysom Hill, the Broncos put Kareem Jackson their safety on IR. And it sounds like you know, cornerbacks Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby are highly questionable. That's according to, to Vic Fangio. So if those two guys are out, and it kind of looks like they're gonna be. I'd probably bump my, at least Mahomes ahead of Taysom Hill in our rankings.
0: Let's look at the last five weeks of Broncos games, though. Last week, 237 and two allowed to Justin Herbert. Before that, 201 and one touchdown to Derek Carr. Before that, 157 and a touchdown to Joe Burrow. Uh Jared Goff put up Jared Goff numbers. And then the first meeting <laughs> with Kansas City, 184 yards, no touchdowns and one pick. Patrick Mahomes in that one. So Denver's been playing good on defense, certainly losing those guys would hurt. But Patrick Mahomes is also not playing very well right now. I think, you know, if you just look at the names, it seems crazy to play Taysom Hill over Patrick Mahomes in the final week of your fantasy season. But I don't think it's crazy at all at at this point, considering the matchups for both players and considering the styles for both. It's going to be easier for Taysom Hill to give us what we're hoping because of that rushing than it is for Patrick Mahomes, especially if Denver's not able to keep up score-wise in this game. And I, I just think that game will be low scoring overall. So yeah. I think I would go ahead and stick with Taysom Hill over Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah, and Mahomes struggled against Denver last year too. He only had two touchdowns, two passing scores in, in their two games. He had strung together, like I think mean, like three or four strong games in a row before last week. So he did seem like he was trending up. I, like, again, I, I I liked him lower before these Broncos secondary injuries, but if they're going to be missing three good pieces
0: of their secondary and that's obviously yeah I think you have to bump Mahomes up a little bit based on that yeah definitely one of those kind of personal decisions heading into the weekend Matthew Stafford I think has had enough questionable games at this point that I don't even feel bad about playing Taysom Hill over him
1: yeah now with Stafford the Niners have two of their cornerbacks on the COVID list now they both went on the COVID list on Monday so they do have a chance to be cleared so you know we we should find out by Saturday if they're going to be available it's Kwon Williams and Dante Johnson yeah Stafford not playing very well did not play well in the first meeting against the 49ers remember that one i think that was a a prime time game i want to say stafford went 243 yards one touchdown two interceptions so yeah he's shakier i feel less good about stafford than i do Mahomes, even with those secondary issues in san francisco so i I think i would play Taysom hill over matt stafford even if those niners cornerbacks are up
0: yeah. unfortunately for the 49ers, none of their cornerbacks are very good. <laughs> right. So it doesn't really matter who's out elsewhere in the QB rankings. I wonder if Tom Brady is too high and I feel a little bit less so after we lost Justin Fields to COVID, yeah. who I forgot to mention back in the COVID section, but QB eight. For Tom Brady is a little bit iffy, I think. He did have the huge game against the Jets last week with a somewhat limited Mike Evans and, of course, Antonio Brown leaving early. Previous two games for Tom Brady, 214 yards, no touchdowns against New Orleans. Evans and Godwin got hurt in that game. Game before that, 18, or actually the game after that, 18 of 30 passing 232 yards, one touchdown against Carolina. It's been the Panthers have been a negative matchup for QB wide receiver and tight end scoring on the year. I think the easy win in the first one helped the bucks go 50, 50 run pass. Mm -hmm. I wonder what they do on that front this time with Mike Evans back for this game with Leonard Fournette out, you know, we'll see. I do think that Keyshawn Vaughn, Le'Veon Bell are probably enough for this particular matchup. If Ronald Jones is out for the game. So You know, I'm not definitely knocking Tom Brady down from QB eight, but I'm also not going to be surprised if he finishes lower than that.
1: Yeah, and it it took Brady 50 pass attempts to to get to that you know big game against the Jets last week. He you know surprisingly had trailing game script, which helped. It wasn't prettiest game from the Bucks offense for sure. So to me, it's less about liking brady this week than it is like the guys behind him like it's it's you know trey lance and tyler huntley who have the upside but they're rushing but you know they're they're shaky just based on you know, what they are as quarterbacks at this point Derek carr is behind tom brady who i like i kind of like this week we'll, we'll get to some Derek carr i think like I, I would probably stick with tom brady over Derek carr you know with a healthy mike evans and a healthy repronkowski so yeah, it's not a not a Smash spot for Brady. Uh, the Bucks only have a twenty-four point seven five point implied total. That's you know way lower than it's been for most of the season. So Vegas is telling us to kind of temper expectations here too. So you know, I, I do think Brady's like a lower end quarterback one this week. Again, it's just I don't I don't love anyone behind him in the rankings.
0: Yes, I agree with that. I don't love Tom Brady this week, but there's not a whole lot of love at QB at all. A couple hours ago, I had Trey Lance and Justin Fields over him. Justin Fields is now out. Trey Lance, we'll see about. If he's not playing, then that takes away the two guys that I'm bumping ahead of Tom Brady. So that becomes a non-issue. I I think Tom Brady and Derek Carr are basically the same guy. I mean, Derek Carr has given us no upside he's got no more than one touchdown pass in any game since week 10 the first meeting with the chargers 196 yards passing two touchdowns that was much earlier in the season chargers are now a neutral matchup they're bad on everything on defense so you know Derek carr is a nice floor play tom brady tends to be a pretty nice floor play as well if if i were choosing between those two guys it'd be a coin flip
1: yeah it'd be it'd be brady for me um and i i like Carr more this week than i have in a while, um, and he, you know, we've talked about since since coming off the bye and, and you know, losing Henry Ruggs, Carr has finished better than quarterback eighteen in just two of his nine games. Um, now I'm assuming he gets Darren Waller back this week, which is obviously huge, and it's just a, a pretty good spot for him. You know, must win game for the Raiders, so we're not worried about motivation. Uh, the game against the Chargers has a 49 and a half point total. their shootout potential there. The game's going to be played indoors, which always helps this time of year. So it's a good spot for Carr. That's why he's as high as he's in our rankings. But um, if I'm
0: picking between Carr and Brady, I'd I'd go Brady. I think I would ultimately lean that way as well, especially because there's potential for Josh Jacobs to have a big game in this one against a weak Chargers run defense. And on the Bucs side, you know, there's potential for Keyshawn Vaughn, Le'Veon Bell to not be enough and for the passing game to need to score the points, you know, even if it's not big stuff against Carolina. For sure. Tyler Huntley, you also mentioned, uh, I agree with both of these guys over Tyler Huntley. I think, In DFS terms, Tyler Huntley is the ceiling play over Derek Carr and Tom Brady, but I think that his floor goes much lower than either Carr or Brady, so on a season-long team, I would stick with the floor of those two veterans. Tyler Huntley now has four games as the primary quarterback, including three starts. He's scored 14, 20, 38.1, and (laughs) 14.3 fantasy points in those games. Obviously, the scores are going to differ by format, but that Green Bay game is probably the outlier for him. And I think the Cleveland game where he had 20 is like a reasonable hope with the distinct possibility that we get 15 or fewer points from Huntley this week.
1: Yeah. And this is of course, is assuming that Lamar Jackson's not going to play and he did not practice on Wednesday. The Ravens do still have a super outside uh, outside chance of making the playoffs. They need a ton of help. Five thirty eight has them at two percent chance to make the class they need to beat the Steelers and have the Colts loose the Jags and some other stuff so um, I, I don't think Baltimore is gonna you know push Lamar Jackson out there when he's not healthy yeah so Huntley in his three starts has finished quarterback 18 quarterback one you know that big game against the Packers and then and then quarterback 21 he didn't score any touchdowns passing or rushing in the quarterback 18 and quarterback 21 finishes so that does feel like his absolute floor which isn't horrible if you're, you know, looking for a spot start option, he does have that quarterback one upside, so he's in play as a spot starter. You know, it's Huntley's another guy I would, I would not use over Tom Brady. I don't know. I guess Carver's Huntley would be tough for me if I'm picking between those two as a spot start option. I think, I think, like you said, you know, Car is maybe a bit safer, but Huntley has that, you
0: know, top five ceiling. Yeah, there's the chance that the Steelers defense gets up for this game and you know makes it a difficult day for Huntley. Yeah. I don't think that there's the same chance for the Chargers defense at this point. Agreed. I am glad to know that we have almost as good a chance as the Ravens of making the playoffs, though. (laughs) Yep. We do over to running back. We'll start with the Cardinals running backs because Wednesday we had no chase Edmonds at practice with ribs and toe injuries. Both of those are new for him. James Connor was limited with the heel injury, which is new for him to be practicing, but it follows a limited Friday for him to close out last week. So we're going to have to see who is on the field for this backfield we had, of course, 34 carries and 15 targets for uh, Chase Edmonds over the past two weeks with no James Conner.
1: Yeah, the limited practice on Wednesday for Conner is encouraging. So I'm kind of leaning towards him returning for this game now. And Arizona does still have seating to play for. And, you know, they're going to play their guys, you know, for everything we know. Chase Edmonds, you know, never left that game against Dallas last week, but just watching it, he was obviously beat up a few times. Um, so we'll see what he does the rest of the week here. Uh, Awesome matchup, you know, at at home against Seattle, who's 31st and adjusted points allowed to running back. So if we get just Connor, he's an RB1. If we get just Edmonds, I think he's an RB1. And if, you know, they, they both play, I think they're, you know, both like
0: lower end RB2s. And tough to know how the team would weight those two guys in terms of importance to the offense. I would think from my perspective that they could more easily handle losing James Connor than yep. Chase Edmonds. I don't think either is a vital cog, though, that just ends their playoff prospects if he's out.
1: Yeah, I, I think if either guy is healthy, they're, they're going to be out there on Sunday.
0: On the other side of that matchup, we got Rashad Penny, who's all of a sudden become a fantasy star after several years of being the opposite. Arizona, though, is fifth in run defense DVOA, a slightly negative matchup by adjusted fantasy points allowed. So what are we doing with Rashad Penny this week?
1: Yeah, and Penny's massive games. And I don't want to take anything away from him because now to me he's looked awesome. But his massive games have come against Houston, Chicago, and Detroit. You know, three, you know, bottom 10 run defenses, running back defenses. Um, Much tougher matchup here. Seattle six and a half point road underdogs. Penny not doing a ton in the passing game. He has just seven targets over the last four weeks. He he did run more pass routes last week, but I, th- I think that was because DJ Dallas left that game early. And it looks like Dallas is gonna be back for this game. So I don't think Penny's gonna do a whole lot in the passing game. So it's a, it's kind of a scary spot. Like to me, like it'd be tough to bench him in season long just based on how good he's been. And I do think he's still going to you know, be the lead ball carrier, get 15 or so carries. Um, but I, I think it's a pretty good fade spot in
0: DFS. If, if he's going to be high owned this week. I agree. And I do want to take things away from him because of how much he's taken away from me in fantasy already <laughs> before the stretch. Yeah. I know shortly behind Rashad Penny. I agree with you though. He'd be tough to bench, but it, it yeah. don't be surprised if he doesn't deliver for you in this matchup this week. Cause it's a legitimately tough defense uh, all around on the other side of this game. Saquon Barkley. It could have been a quiet finish to the season where we don't even think about starting him. And we just forget that 2021 happened for him. But Then he carries 21 times for 102 yards despite his team losing by 26 points to Chicago. So, I mean, with that in mind, unless the Giants say something about sitting him this week, I would probably have to have Saquon Barkley in my lineup, you know, unless I have two actually good running backs. Yeah, the Giants had 39 running
1: back carries last week and 11 pass attempts in a game where they, you know, lost by 26 points. So, like, I don't know if we expect them to go with that game plan again where they're just running the ball as much as possible and try and get out of there as quick as they can. Then, you know, I don't know, maybe Barkley gets another 20 carries. I mean, it was still basically a 50 50 split between him and Devontae Booker Booker at 18 carries last week, and Booker's even out targeted Saquon Barkley over the last four games, you know, and, and Barkley's snap rates have been down. He's been around like 50 to 60, 60% of the snaps. So I don't know, like projecting Barkley, it's tough to project the giants to go like 80% run again. You know, if they do, he probably gets up around 20 carries. Um, I don't know. He, to, to me, he's he's still like a low-end RB2, which is kind of where I've had him for the past month now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's I, that's certainly where I think he belongs as well, because I wouldn't be surprised by anything between 20 and four carries in this game yeah. from him. So, and, you know, this is why you don't play into the final week of the season. And, you know, for what it's worth, I was doing the Battle Royale drafting on Underdog earlier, and that's, of course, for the main slate for DFS on so none of the Saturday games. They took out two games worth of players for, you know, not wanting to have the resting starters involved. The only two games that they took out are Cincinnati Cleveland and Washington and the giants. And I have no idea. I haven't seen anything about either Washington or the giants planning to rest their starters. I even asked Hayden Winks, who's been on our show multiple times works for underdog. He was like, I'm not sure why, why that game in particular is pulled out. So, you know, if there's something out there about it, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I'll be curious to see, if it does reveal itself, the plans for either of those, you know, non-playoff teams, of course, resting their starters this Sunday.
1: Underdogs just trying to save you from yourself. You don't want, you don't want pieces of the Giants-Washington game. That was have like a 38 point over under. It's going to be ugly.
0: Yeah. I, I don't, I wasn't looking to draft them, <laughs> but it was up in the banner. It was like no rest. No, I forget even how it said it, but it said they weren't playing any teams that were resting players. And it was those two games. I was like, wait a second. When did Washington or the Giants say that they're resting players? Not that I've heard, but you know, again,
1: that's, a game. I just want to stay away from if at all possible.
0: Right. Try not to use them, whether they're playing or not. Although if everybody is playing Antonio Gibson could be interesting on the Washington side. So we'll see, we'll see what we hear ahead of that game. Titans running backs <clears throat> are interesting as well. And primarily Deontay Foreman Houston is the fifth best matchup by adjusted fantasy points allowed on the season. Deontay Foreman has gone over 20 carries two of his past three games. He has three games of 19-plus carries and more than 100 rushing yards among his past five, and two of those three games came in losses. So he should be a good bet for touches. 26, 132, and a touchdown last week. Foreman looks like a high upside play this week for a team that's favored by 10. And, I mean, for what it's worth, potential revenge game for him against the team that drafted him. That's right. Revenge game. Yeah. I mean,
1: great, great spot. Like you said, 10 point favorites. Um, Tennessee, 26.5 point implied total. That's one of the highest of the week. And we've seen, you know, this backfield has kind of depended on game script, really, in games. Tennessee, it's been close. They've been behind. It's, you know, really been close to a, you know, third, a third, a third with Foreman, Dontrell Hilliard, and Jeremy McNichols. But, you know, last week, Tennessee, positive game script against Miami. Foreman played 65% of the snaps, had 26 carries to 10 for Hilliard and McNichols. So that's what I'd expect this week, you know, if, if Tennessee takes care of business against Houston. So I, I, think, I think Foreman's a really nice play.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could get like two-thirds of a Derrick Henry game from him in this one against Houston. It'd be nice. Dontrell Hilliard is – Interesting. If you're in a deep enough league where you're looking for a fringe running back, I think 11 plus touches in three (laughs) of his past five appearances, 6.2 yards per rush on 47 carries for the season. Certainly not a great bet to get more than 10 or 11 touches in this game but a chance that he scores if you do need, like that's the kind of player that makes sense for you.
1: I'd say you're looking at eight to 12 carries and, you know, a few targets in a good matchup. And like you said, he's been efficient, so he he could pay off on that workload.
0: Good luck making the decision on DeAndre Swift if he's on your full season roster right now. Jared, have we heard anything on the plan for DeAndre Swift this week?
1: No, if you uh, look at the box score last week, Swift had four carries and three targets. So I I went in Monday morning, you know, looking at the playing time stuff, expecting him to have played, you know, like like 15 snaps or something. That wasn't the case. He played 57% of the Lions offensive snaps, ran a pass route on 68% of their pass plays like that. That's pretty kind of where he was pre-injury. I don't know. He just, he just didn't get the ball last week, despite being on the field. I don't think that's a game plan thing. I don't think the Lions coaches are going to be like, let's get Swift on the field, but not give him the ball. That doesn't make sense to me. I think it just happened that way. And Swift is off the injury report this week with his shoulder. I love him as a DFS play this week. I'm hoping people kind of overlook the playing time stuff. And, you know, especially in full PPR season long leagues, I would feel comfortable going back to him despite, you know, the the low volume last week.
0: And the playing time was down versus previous games, but they also lost in a blowout in that game. It was 30. I think it was 31 to three by halftime. So I agree. If I have DeAndre Swift, I'm probably using him this week. I think we should move him up from his current spot in our PPR rankings.
1: Where is he at? I
0: think he's 23rd. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah he, he should he should come up uh, Yeah, at least, at least five or so spots. Yep.
0: Yeah, so expect to see him higher in the rankings. If you're still playing, go ahead and use DeAndre Swift over, you know, most of the guys you're reasonably considering him against this week. I would probably play Swift over even Rashad Penny this week, but that one would be tough.
1: Yep. Yeah,
0: in, in full PPR I I think I would lean towards Swift. Yeah, non PPR I would go uh Rashad Penny, I think. Yep. Michael Carter, the finally guy the final guy in the running back section, he's dealing with a concussion, so we'll have to wait and see if he's available for this game. But if he's ready against the Bills, he's probably inside my top twenty four running backs.
1: Uh he'd probably be outside for me because tevin coleman is back off the COVID list and you know before coleman missed last week's game you know he was getting 30 to 40 percent of the running back work that's kind of how i'd expect it to go on sunday obviously not a great spot on the road against buffalo and then if carter's out which is kind of where, I, where i'm leaning at this point after you know he didn't practice at all on wednesday then it's going to be you know tevin coleman as a you know classic week 18 guy that you have, you know, might have to go to if you're desperate you know he might
0: get 15 or so carries The total avoid for the uh, (laughs) Tevin Coleman 17 carries for 21 yards day. Yep, probably what you're going to get. Also worth noting among Jets that Braxton Berrios was out Wednesday with a quad injury, and it seems funny to have to mention that, but Braxton (laughs) Berrios has scored, what, three touchdowns (laughs) in recent weeks or more than that? I don't even know. Uh, Played a bigger role in the end of fantasy seasons than he should have.
1: He buried me in DFS last week because he ended up as chalk and went off, obviously. But um yeah, and Jameson Crowder was limited on Wednesday. So I don't know, he might be back to Crowder as the slot guy there. And I think that's that's kinda the only piece of the Jets passing game you might consider. Even then, it's you know,
0: not not exciting despite what Barrios has been able to do the past few weeks. Jared's still in good enough spirits though to make a pun with Barrios's last name, saying that he buried him in the playoffs. <laughs> On to wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, he's a must-start at this point, isn't he? Yeah. Five consecutive weeks of 11 plus targets and eight plus catches.
1: Yep, he is. He's top five among wide receivers in targets, catches, receiving yards, and touchdowns over the past five weeks. He's also run it six times for 41 or 49 yards in a score over that span and again i I think he's gonna get some at least some packers backups in this game so yeah i mean he's he's a must start in season long and you know someone to consider in dfs even at his elevated price tag
0: yeah certainly not getting anybody scary in that matchup they're not going to play jair alexander in the final game of the season that doesn't mean anything so yeah (laughs) take debo samuel light for the lions (laughs) and enjoy yourself ravens wide receivers they're interesting because last week Rashad Bateman beat Marquise Brown in targets and production, played five more snaps than Marquise Brown in that game. The week before that, though, it was Brown for four more snaps than Bateman. And the last time Bateman yeah. matched Brown in targets was week 14. The last time he led Brown in targets was week six. And that was just a six-five edge. So there's the chance that Bateman leads Brown again, but I th- yeah. think that probably Marquise Brown ahead of Bateman is still the bet.
1: Yeah, I, I think Brown still pretty safely ahead of Bateman um last week broke Marquise Brown's streak of eight straight games with five plus catches um, he's averaged 10.6 targets per game over his last nine you know again it's as we've talked about it's been a lot of short stuff um, so we haven't gotten the big games out of Marquise Brown but he's been a pretty nice floor play just based on the volume Bateman's targets have been all over the place uh one eight two five and ten. Over his last five games. The good news with Bateman is he's he's been over 90% of the pass routes in three straight games now after, you know, kind of having a dip before that. So he's at least, you know, kind of locked in as a full time player, which makes him easier to trust.
0: For what it's worth, I think that one target game was the first meeting with Pittsburgh where there was like, I don't know, it was kind of weird usage afterward and it indicated yes. that it wasn't just about, yep. I don't know. It, it wasn't that they just didn't happen to target him. There was some other kind of issue.
1: Yeah, that's when his, I think that's the game his playing time was way down, kind of out of nowhere. Pittsburgh
0: lost Joe Hayden for this game, which you know helps the matchup for both of, the, both of these wide receivers. Russell Gage can always use <laughs> help in the matchup department, but I don't think he's going to get it this week. Team high eight targets and seven catches in the first meeting with the Saints. And I think in this rematch, the Falcons are certainly not likely to find rushing success against New Orleans. But I also think that if he doesn't have Kyle Pitts on the field, that could really hurt the matchup for Russell.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still think he's a decent target bet. Um, he actually, he has just 10 targets over the last two games, but Matt Ryan's thrown it only 47 times in those two games. So still a 21% target share for Russell Gage. I think, you know, he's going to be around there. He might even you know, get up to 25 plus percent if Kyle Pitts is out. But, you know, definitely not exciting, you know, based on the player
0: and the offense we're talking about here. Yeah. So last game, I believe three of Kyle Pitts's six targets came against Marshawn Lattimore. So even though he's a tight end, he's a wide receiver. If there's no Kyle Pitts, I think we get even more of Marshawn Lattimore on Russell Gage because the Saints probably can't even name the other wide receivers (laughs) in Atlanta. Gage did catch three of the four targets he saw with Lattimore on him in coverage last time, according to Pro Football Focus those three catches went for 20 yards. So the thing with Russell gauge here is if you're comparing him with anybody close, you know, it's not that he can't get the targets. It's not that he can't even catch the passes. It's just that there's no real risk of missing out on something big. I don't think if the other guy that you're considering has any kind of upside to him.
1: Yeah. If you're looking for, you know, 10 to 12 PPR points, gauge can probably get you that, but he's, he's not going to be a weak winner.
0: And we're going to like one of these guys that I'm going to compare, well, I'm going to put together. In the next group at wide receiver, Zay Jones, Laquan Treadwell. I think Zay Jones is somebody that you might consider playing over Russell Gage for some kind of upside in this one. So I put them together because both of these guys were early NFL draft picks who have disappointed right up until week 12 of this season. And <laughs> since week 12, which is six games now, Treadwell is averaging 4.7 catches. 63 and a half yards per game jones is averaging five and a half catches and 57 yards per game over that six game span both of these guys are suddenly in fantasy consideration what are you doing with them in ppr lineups this week
1: and jones was a great call by you last week i did not end up playing him in cash still got over the line last week but i wish i had played jones if you look at zay jones though that target spike came right when Darren Waller left that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. So that'd be my concern. Zay Jones that Darren Wallace return is going to cut into that a bit. I do still think he's in play as like a wide receiver
0: four. I I still think he's in the bottom of a wide receiver three range. I think he still looks very similar to Russell Gage. And I would rather bet on this Raiders offense than bet on the Falcons offense. I I, I think that the Raiders are going to throw more passes in this game than uh, Atlanta really has a a chance to realistically. So, you know, it's close, but I would lean Zay Jones in that kind of spot. I wouldn't push him above like 30, 29 in the PPR rankings, Treadwell in a much worse spot this week than Zay Jones. He's got the Colts who are seventh in overall defensive DVOA, 14th against the pass. I don't think that the Jaguars are going to really be able to do a whole lot in that game on the ground or in the air.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. I, I would have no issue with Zay Jones over Russell Gage. I would play both those guys over Treadwell. And trouble, like you said, the volume has been there. Um, you know, He's not scoring touchdowns. He's not making big plays. You know, he's, he, he's a floor play. Um, I think that, you know, the floor with him is even lower than with guys like Gage and and Zay
0: Jones. I think they're interesting names to consider Mm -hmm. in Dynasty, not because I think that this is a breakout and these guys are about to do big things. But, you know, normally if you see somebody with a very cold stretch for several years and then Mm -hmm. a hot streak, it's like, okay, Dynasty sell. But I don't think anybody out there is buying Zay Jones or Laquan Treadwell. So I think that they're both kind of interesting as end of the roster stashes you know, just in case they turn into something beyond this point, I wouldn't necessarily get rid of them and assume that everything's done because each guy does at least have some talent, you know, that said, I think the stronger bet is that they don't do anything beyond this point that really helps anybody's fantasy team.
1: You know, both guys are free agents this off season. So I'll be curious to see how the NFL treats them as far as, you know, how much interest, interest they garner, or how much money they get on the free agent market and then where they land. I, I do think they're decent stashes, you know, over the next few months while we just wait to, to see where they end up in free agency.
0: You mean while we wait to see which one signs with the Patriots? Yes. Bucks wide receivers to close out this position. I'm a little bit wary of the Bucks overall, as I mentioned with Tom Brady, but Mike Evans as the unmitigated top target in this one, and likely no Stephon Gilmore with the groin injury for Carolina. Mike Evans is very easy play, and he's like the one reason that I would be scared to, you know, full fade Tom Brady this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could see a two, three touchdown game for Mike Evans here. I think Rob Gronkowski is obviously an easy season long start at this point. And the, the other wide receivers, uh, you know, Cyril Grayson's been the guy who's kind of stepped up over the past couple of weeks. You know, he was still at just 52% of the routes last week. Tyler Johnson was actually second in line behind Mike Evans. And then we still have Rashad Perriman, who didn't play much last week. It was his first game off the COVID list. I, I If you're hoping to use Grayson, I just would worry that Perriman kind of you know takes back that spot, which he, which he kind of had before landing on the COVID list. So to me, Tyler Johnson, Cyril Grayson, and Rashad Perriman would only be DFS considerations.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I would hope that they stick with Cyril Grayson and give him another shot because Rashad Perriman has had, had plenty of seasons across multiple teams to show us that he's just not good enough. Um, he, he's like, he hopes to be Laquan Treadwell someday
1: i I saw someone post though that he's had like a big game in like three straight regular season finales now so you know might be brashad perriman week
0: yeah he already had his treadwell zay jones time at the end of last season when everybody got hurt so i hope it's not brashad perriman (laughs) week i hope that that doesn't end up being a thing over (laughs) to tight end though i think it is going to be dalton schultz week assuming that the cowboys do play everybody for the full game Dalton Schultz is already facing the number two tight end scoring matchup by our adjusted fantasy points allowed that Eagles defense, of course, could be resting. Some starters had the COVID outbreak this week that might claim some starters, even if they don't plan on resting them. And he's been hot lately, led the team in targets last week in a negative tight end matchup, 27 targets, 24 catches over the past three games. Jared, if the fantasy pros competition was still going this week, I might have Dalton Schultz as my number one tight end. Whew.
1: But we have him at three, which I think, you know, is aggressive enough, um, which I I like Michael Gallup out for the season. I think Schultz is going to be an interesting guy to talk about for these playoff contests, too. Um, He'll probably be pretty low owned compared to some of these other bigger name cowboys. But yeah, great, great spot for Schultz. He went six catches, 80 yards and two touchdowns in the week three meeting against the Eagles.
0: Yeah, that was even before he had become full Dalton Schultz that we knew of. A guy who used to be an eagle might be number two on my tight end list this week. Zach Ertz, 33 targets over his past three games, 21 receptions, five plus catches and four straight. And he's already got an eight catch, 88 yard, two touchdown line against Seattle this season back in week 11. Seahawks have been the only matchup friendlier for tight end scoring than Philly this season.
1: You're not starting these guys over Kelsey and Andrews though. Come on.
0: I mean, I don't think that's a decision for anybody, but they are guys that I would put in (laughs) flex spots and I would not be at all surprised if they end up outscoring them. And I definitely favor them over Kelsey and Andrews where it's in play for DFS.
1: Yeah. Price considered. I think, you know, these, these guys might be better plays. Um, Yeah. um, As we've said, Earths has been probably the biggest beneficiary of DeAndre Hopkins absence the past few weeks, um, but massive volume and gets a, gets a, Really nice matchup here against the Seahawks. So he's, he's a really strong season-long play and definitely someone I'll be using
0: in DFS this week. I would start both of them for sure over Rob Gronkowski and targeting both of them over Gronk in DFS drafting. Panthers are sapping 13% from opponent tight end scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. Fifth in tight end coverage DVOA. The Panthers are much worse in that category against all wide receiver spots. So I'm not saying that Gronk's outside my top 12 or anything, but he's not inside my top six either.
1: Yeah, the, the matchup is scary you know gronk has eight plus targets in six of his seven games since returning from injury the one game he didn't was against the Panthers he had just two targets in that game now again we, you know, we have no Antonio Brown no Chris Godwin so I, I gotta think gronk sees pretty nice volume here and, you know that that's kind of why I, I stick with him
0: for sure in season long
1: um, even in a bad matchup if he's gonna get you know, six, seven, eight targets. I think he's a nice play.
0: Yeah. And that's what we keep him in my top 12 right now. We have George Kittle and Darren Waller behind him. And I would definitely play both of those guys ahead of Gronk for anybody who actually has both of those tight ends on the same team. If Garoppolo plays for the Niners, I would, I would move Kittle up a few spots. I don't know. He might, he'd probably move ahead of Schultz and Hurts even for me. Not this week. (laughs) I'll fight that one if it comes to it. That's it for like single tight ends. The rest of the position to me, it's this lump from tight end eight, to tight end 16. And I think it's kind of sorting out who actually has ceiling in this range. So I want to just, I'm just going to name the players and then we can get to them from eight to 16 in our rankings, not necessarily in order of how they are right now in PPR Hunter Henry, Pat Fryermuth, Dawson Knox, Tyler Conklin, Tyler Higby, Kyle Pitts, Mike Gusecki, Cole Komet, Noah fan. So Jared, for me among those, what do we have? Nine players. The four that I want this week relative to the others are hunter henry pat fryermuth dawson knox tyler conklin the top three have excellent matchups by coverage dvoa by our adjusted fantasy points allowed as you mentioned earlier i think Fryermuth's spot gets better because deontay johnson missing leaves a bunch of target share on the field tyler conklin kind of climbs into the bottom of that group because he's off the injury report this week and Mm -hmm. you know the vikings still don't have adam And
1: he gets Kirk Cousins back, which is obviously huge for that offense. Uh, I mean, I think I think really you're looking for touchdown upside and you get to this point of the tight end rankings. So I do think Hunter Henry and Dawson Knox probably win there. Friar just has the matchup against Baltimore. And, again, the target boost without Deontay Johnson. You know, we just saw Tyler Higbee kind of have a, have a big game against that Ravens defense. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Those are the guys I like. Uh, I just wanted to make a note on Noah Fant just, you know, Be careful with him coming off the big game Um, that came without Jerry Judy and without Tim Patrick, who are back off the COVID list this week. So if you look at fans last five games with the wide receiver core healthy, just three point eight targets per game on four or sorry, three point eight catches on four point
0: four targets. So I think that's kind of the level that we should expect him to go back to this week. Yeah, I want to like Noah Fant more, but for that reason, I can't because the target volume just has not been there. He's at least like if you're weighing him versus Cole Komet, I would go ahead and shoot and chase his physical upside over Komet. That's fair. Yep. I think that he's also worth playing over guys like Mike Gusecki, Kyle Pitts, Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby's got a bad matchup this week. Number two in coverage DVOA against tight ends are the 49ers positive in all the wide receiver spots. So this is a week where the Rams just don't have to throw it at Tyler Higby.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has seen nice volume lately, especially, Um, you know, whether that's matchup based, um, it's definitely possible. Um, But I just kind of believing in that offense more than a lot of these other ones um, kind of, you know, I think keeps Higby inside the top 12 for me.
0: Yeah, I can understand that. On to defenses before we wrap this thing up. Any sneaky defenses for you on this slate, just in case there's some out there that haven't been picked up yet by teams in the title game?
1: I mean, I think you definitely want to look towards these that are going to be playing backups. And again, we'll see on Sunday morning if anyone else ends up healthy scratch. But, you know, the Browns are the obvious one to me playing against the Bengals, who I expect to be resting most of their, you know, key skill guys. Um, Cincinnati, by the way, down to a 16 point implied total. That's one of the lowest on the week. Um, And then I guess uh, if you do want to mess with that Washington-New York game, that defense is the place to do it. I think, uh, you know, Washington, especially against Jake Fromm, is is a nice plan defense.
0: Yeah, I'll throw out the Titans against Houston, although they're not a lock, I don't think, because Houston at times has put up surprising offensive numbers this year. And then yep. the Vikings against Andy Dalton. I wouldn't have wanted to play the Vikings D with Justin Fields in there because there's more scoring upside, but with Andy Dalton, I'd feel okay about it. Yep, I like this. If you are still playing out your fantasy season, we have all the same tools and content as usual on com to help you set those final regular season lineups we will be back on here tomorrow to break down the week 18 main slate for DFS. And we're going to keep rolling next week to preview playoff fantasy football, including our picks for the FFPC playoff challenge. So look for that one. Of course, you can also still join us for free in the draft sharks discord by following the join link in the description for this podcast for Jared and the rest of the draft sharks crew. I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much. For